We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey everyone, welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's week four NFL podcast time. Joined today by my buddy Keith Eister, as always. Eyes 819. Keith, week four, week three in the books. We're, we're like cruising through. Um, what's happening, man? How was how did week three treat you this year? Yeah, football season, once it starts, it just seems like it starts rolling really quickly. You get into that routine. Um, week four already. We've got a third straight profitable week in the books. So off to a great start this football season. Um, not a great Monday night slate for me on the two-gamer. I faded some Jamar Chase, and we got to talk about that role for Jamar Chase because he was getting a bunch of stuff underneath. Um, Joe, Joe Burrow looks very hurt still. We're, we'll ob- obviously get in and break that game down, but the Sunday slate was was very good for me. Um, your fins doing their thing, putting up a big old 70. The uh, the chalky game, Chargers-Vikings did its thing, went way over, over the total, so... Good week, had good amount of exposure to that, had enough Mostert to to make some good lineups, had some Tyree Kill and Justin Jefferson in there as well. Um, trying to think of who else was on my good one. Had, had a good amount of Lamar. He, he had some rushing stuff finally. Um, let's see here. Keenan Allen was my other big one that I, that I was way over on. Mike Williams got a bunch of ownership, had a bunch of Keenan Allen. So worked out really well. Yeah, I had a lot of duds throughout lineups i'm not gonna sit here and say that i didn't um but i got saved by adam thielen i had so much adam thielen i made a joke in the um discord the nfl discord discord free for rotor grinders um if you want to hang out nfl discord i'm i'm in there on saturday nights late all the time um messing around chatting so um make sure you join the discord but um i was joking around i was like adam thielen's my highest highest owned player um didn't even think much of it, like just his role and everything. We had talked about it on the podcast and it, coming down to it. Like I thought I was getting crushed and Thielen goes out and has this monster game. And I just started moving to the positive. I'm like, all right, well, we'll take it. I had really good NASCAR slate. So like that, that was like, oh, worst case scenario. It's going to cover losses. But um, Thielen made it where it wasn't a losing week. So three for three to start the season. So I'm, I'm happy with that. Uh, going into week four. 
couple big things to note. Mike Williams out for the season. Gosh, you hate to see that, man. Like, the guy just can't stay healthy. I mean, he's just so incredibly talented. Can't stay um, healthy. Derek Carr, they're calling him week to week, so I, I highly doubt he plays this week. We'll talk about that. Um, I think there's some more injuries that we'll go through um, as we're, like, going through the games. But, like, we don't have the Giants on the slate, so, like, Barkley News – not something we're going to really talk about. Um, Richardson was another big one, but he practiced on Wednesday. He's expected to play. Um, but yeah, is there if there's any more injury related stuff, we'll we'll cover it as we're going through these games. Um, I've been trying to do better this week of keeping up with injuries because I mean that's just something that's huge. So hope everyone's having a fantastic Wednesday night. We're recording earlier again this week, um, Wednesday at like seven o'clock on the East coast. Um, so yeah, another early, early release for the NFL podcast this week, but Hey, we're a first look podcast. So getting it out early is never a bad thing. We're jumping in. Let's have some fun. Uh, lots to talk about 12 games to cover. We have a London game, nine o'clock. Uh, make sure you're watching that one on Disney plus. <laughs> uh, I can't wait. I think my kids are going to have a blast watching that football game uh, with the animated. So <laughs> just, I think it's funny. So I had to, I had to bring it up, but we actually get started here with Cincinnati at Tennessee, 41 and a half total in this game, Cincinnati, a two and a half point favorite. Keith, let's start with the Bengals side of this game. Tennessee is a pass funnel. They do not let you run the ball against them. They funnel the pass. Joe Burrow is not 100%. Let's just be honest. Um, there's no there's no doubting it at this point. He can't drop back with a three-stop and like make an actual pass down the field. And I know you're going to talk about it. We talked about it. We were doing the baseball podcast um, as the game was kind of happening. And Jamar Chase, they're like, all right, we can't throw it deep. We're going to move him to the slot. And we're just going to pepper him with a billion targets and let him do his thing from the slot. And I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if we see something similar this week. Uh, What are your thoughts here on Cincinnati? Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what I, what I think the lead of this game has to be Um, the pass funnel of Tennessee, Joe Burrow. If he's ever going to have a big week with this lame calf that he's got going on right now, this is a really great spot for him. It's it's tough to play him knowing that like he could re-aggravate that and potentially leave the game. Hopefully not. They seem to be giving him some extra extra protection, making sure that, that he's taking care of that calf. And that's caused a kind of a change in the way that they play offense. Like you mentioned, 15 targets for Jamar Chase. It is pretty hard to fade Jamar, a talent like Jamar Chase when he's locked in for 15 targets. If this is slot receiver Jamar Chase again, he might be the top receiver on the slate. He's 7,800, so it's a, a significant savings from guys like Jefferson and Tyreek. Adams is is up there. We'll talk about him as well for sure in the game that he just put up. Um, but Chase is very much in the mix to be wide receiver one on the slate, in my opinion. Joe Mixon is – like his role looks really nice. He's gotten some of that passing work back. Um, he did fall back to two targets last week, but he's still at least somewhat involved. I think you can expect four to five targets from, from Mixon. I don't love this as a rushing spot for him, and he hasn't been super efficient either with his targets or with his rushes, um, and and they're just not running all that much. Even though Burrow is lame, they're still throwing the ball a ton. So Jamar Chase is the very clear target here. Um, Tyler Boyd, Boyd is still cheap. I don't mind him. I think Burrow being limited does hurt Higgins the most out of these three wide receivers. 
um, especially if they're going to use slot uh, chase in that slot role again, he's going to get there just on volume alone. Um, so I think I'd rank, rank the wide receivers chase Boyd and then Higgins. Um, the tight end position, we talked about it last week. I'm not sure if Irv Smith makes it back for this game, um, but it's it's a situation I'm avoiding even if Irv Smith is out. Yeah, Hudson had four targets. Wilcox had three targets. Um, Drew Sample had one target. So uh, tight end situation, very fluid for them. Um, they're still going to use Drew Sample to block. But, I mean, we, we really, like, Chase, Higgins, Boyd stayed on the field um, quite a bit in that game. Like, all of them were over 85% routes run on dropbacks. So, like, they really used the three-wide receiver set. Um, I, I mean, we saw Boyd play um, almost strictly in the slot. Eight targets from the slot for Boyd, only one target on the outside, and he's really cheap still. I agree with you. I think Higgins is the one that is hurt the most by this calf injury um, for Burrow. So I'm looking at Chase and Boyd, I think, the most here. Um, Maybe build one or two contrarian teams with Higgins just in case I do get too much exposure to to Chase and Boyd. But I think this is an excellent spot for the passing game. this is, I mean, Tennessee is a team that we circle every week. Every week we circle Tennessee as a spot where you're going to look for the passing game. The Tennessee side of this game, the Titans side, uh, the Bengals have been pretty solid on defense. They just can't stop the run. Uh, they've allowed 151 rushing yards per game through the first three games. Like, if there was ever a spot for Derrick Henry to do Derrick Henry things, I feel like this is the spot coming off of a really down game price drop because he had a really tough matchup against Cleveland. Like Cleveland's a phenomenal run defense. They, they showed it. They, they absolutely shut him down. I like playing Henry more on FanDuel than I do on DraftKings. Um, I think he's an interesting run back, like with a, with a chase like type of lineup. Um, I think in the passing game, it's a coin flip, but I think Hopkins still has the highest ceiling and he's under 6K now. So on DraftKings, I think that's really it for me. Um, I'm not going out of my way here, but I do think like they're going to be trailing. So does that hurt Henry and help Hopkins? Um, it is always a good question to ask. But um, yeah, overall, I think this is a spot we, we look towards Hawkins or Hopkins. Um, and then if you, are projecting maybe the calf is still kind of bothering him and you're going to see Henry do his thing. I think Henry has like two touchdown, 150 plus upside in this spot. Yeah, I think you you touched on something really important there. Henry, I think to hit a ceiling game probably needs a, a positive game script here. You need t- Tennessee playing from ahead. Um, it's po- it's possible. Like if the game's within one score, like that's still a Henry game script in my opinion. But if yeah. Cincinnati gets out to a, like a 10 point lead, They've they've really been leaning on Tajay Spears uh, in that passing game role. So we've seen Henry lose snaps in late in games that they're trailing. So I think you definitely want the Titans playing from ahead if you're playing from Henry. Chase on the other side of that as a mini correlation, I think makes a, a ton of sense because we could just see him rack up 15 targets again in that that type of scenario. Um, lukewarm on the Hopkins stuff dealing dealing with the injury. Um, I think the the Cincinnati defense is still pretty strong against the pass, so I'm I'm probably out on Hopkins, um, and just lukewarm interest in Henry. You play him because he he can absolutely destroy a slate with 150 yards and two touchdowns, like you said. But um, lukewarm interest in Tennessee at best. I think we should at least mention Okongwu in this spot, just because yeah. like he's running a ton of routes and 
this seems like a but they're, they're like using him a, a ton like over 50 percent of like his routes are in the slot so you're get you're basically getting a tight end built slot receiver at 3100 um in a game they could potentially be trailing so um i don't mind him in tournaments he's still gonna need that touchdown to like put him over the edge but i mean it's another one of these slates where hey kelsey's not on the slate um you know obviously we'll talk about mark andrews but andrews is in a really tough matchup against cleveland so um i think we'll be looking for some value at tight end because i mean we have so many good running back and wide receivers to pay up for this week uh, so I think tight end, like a cheap tight end makes a lot of sense. Watch the Burks news. If Burks were to sit in this game, I think Westbrook um, at 3,300 would just be a guy we'd be looking at. Like he's already matched Hopkins as far as like running routes and like he runs a ton of routes in the slot. So um, we could just maybe see him play a little bit more. I know he had zero targets last week. It was a tough matchup, but I think we could look at him here um, if Burks were to sit. Um, so watch that news. I think that's it for this one. Let's move on. We we get to talk about my fins. Man, <laughs> oh man. As a Dolphins fan, I'm excited. As a Dolphins fan, I'm still very hesitant to be excited. Um, but we have a 53 and a half total here. We're in Buffalo. Buffalo is a three-point favorite in this game. Let's start with the Miami Dolphins. Waddle returned to practice Wednesday. It sounds like he should clear concussion protocol for concussion protocol after practicing full on Wednesday. Um, Craycraft got hurt last week, and it sounds like he's going to be out a while uh, with a shoulder injury. So I think, if anything, that maybe bumps up Smythe or Barrios a little bit. Um a chain, man. We finally got to see like the the speed that the Dolphins drafted him for. Listen, no one expects him to do what he did again. <laughs> if you if anybody tells you, oh, this guy is going to dominate, like M- Mozart is still the guy. Um, they just used him a little bit more with Waddle being out, and I mean, he had a phenomenal game. But let's pump the brakes a little bit. Um, and like Ahmed is not even like out yet. Like he's dealing with a groin, but he practiced a little Wednesday. Like he's he's trying everything to get back. He knows he's losing that job. So I think it's too late for him. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to me. What are your thoughts here on the Dolphins? Yeah, I mean, Tyreek is is the primary target. He's very expensive, but this is this is a phenomenal spot. We know Buffalo can really speed up a game with how much they throw the ball. Um, this like two explosive offenses here, highest total of the week, similar to um, the Vikings Chargers game last week, it's the highest total by a good margin, something like four points, uh, maybe even more than that. But Tyreek is, is just a guy that we're, we're going to need to find a way to jam in. He looks incredible. Tua is, is looking really good as well. So solid quarterback play to one of the best receivers in the NFL. Definitely need some exposure to Tyreek. Waddle is, is tough. Um, it's, it's a concussion. So like you don't expect any any performance drop if he comes back. So it's a really interesting spot for Waddle, especially if he's coming in low owned. I noticed ownership was just posted up to RG a couple minutes before we came on. So I didn't get a full chance to, to digest the ownership numbers yet, but I'm thinking Waddle could potentially be a nice low owned piece here after missing last week. Love going back to him. We know he has tremendous upside as well. Barrios is a a dart throw for me. Um, Should have a slot role, even with Tyreek and Waddle out there. He's cheap at 3,600. The running backs are, are extremely interesting. I agree with you. I think Mostert is still ahead here. 
Um, Buffalo is a team that you can run on as well. So we have to have interest here in this backfield. Echan, I, it's hard to say what the role is. I'm pretty confident that, that he's already the number two guy ahead of Ahmed. I think the only reason he wasn't going into the start of the season is because he missed so much time in training camp, but we've known that he's the far superior talent to Ahmed for ever since the day he was drafted. Um, he should be the, the second down change of pace or the second running back here, change of pace type guy. I think he's playable in this spot. Certainly don't expect a, another, like, I think you're doing well if you get 10 to 15 touches here. Um, it's going to be more that type of role than the explosion that he put up last week. But just because this Miami offense is so explosive, he's a guy that's very explosive, can put up a big play at any time. I don't hate him as a way to get different in, in what should be a pretty popular game here. Yeah, if you're playing the game script of like Buffalo gets up in this game, you got to have some A-chain because yeah. they will design some plays for him. Um, and like Mozart can ke- catch the ball out of the backfield, like no doubt about it. Uh, but I mean, he's definitely going to be more of a running type of running like guy. Um, he did see seven targets last week. I think a lot that of that was, was Waddle being out. And yeah, I, I agree with what you just said there. I think Waddle being out had a big was a big part of that. A lot of those targets came in the first quarter. I think he had five in the first quarter. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I know they got up huge and they they didn't really need to throw that much because every time they handed it off the Mostert or, or Chain, they were just going to the house. Um, so I, I agree. Like I think a chain is the guy you want if you're if you're looking for a trailing game script. A chain would be the guy I'm looking for in the passing game. Um, just a one one thing that I want to note. Um, it's early. It's Wednesday night, and like this is typically like when we're seeing like first run in projected ownership. But Miami looks underowned. Um, for a game that has the highest total, and I don't think it will actually be the case. But I mean, maybe people are overreacting too much for a matchup with Buffalo. I don't know. Um, but it looks like Miami, like two is projected for 2% ownership. I don't think that's going to be the case. Um, Waddles at 2% Mozart's under 6% Hill is under 10%. Like no, we, no week should go where Tyreek Hill isn't a top three wide receiver right now with just how involved he is in this offense. So, um, something to watch. Cause I have a ton I, of interest in Miami, but I do. Th- so do I, I do think the Tyreek Hill in- ownership is interesting because we have, Devontae Adams and Keenan Allen both going nuclear last week and Jamar Chase, all of them for a thousand less than Hill and Jefferson. So I do think it's going to be something that I'm keeping an eye on. Hill might be end up being one of my highest owned players if ownership like that holds. Yeah, I mean, even at 9,200, the dude has just an incredible ceiling. Like he barely had anything going on last week in the second half of that game. Um, so I just, you look at it, his numbers and you're like, dude, that was almost all first half production. You're just like, yeah. oh, the ceiling is massive. Like yep. the Chargers game in week one, that was a competitive game. He had what, two touchdowns and 200 and something yards. Like the guy has come out and said he wants 2000 receiving yards this year. So <laughs> I mean, um, love, love the upside for Miami in this spot. And I honestly, I like Buffalo too. Like Miami's defense is going to be good at some point this season um, because they are dealing with some injuries now's not that time you know the guys that are that are on the ir or whatever the heck it's called in the nfl nowadays um i think it's still ir but baseball il so many different (laughs) just call it ir across the board just call it injured reserve anyway um i mean you look at the buffalo side and you're like all right like this is a very condensed offense and this is the type of spot you're like we love these types of games like 
you can pinpoint the four guys that are going to get the production from Miami. And then you go to the other side of this game and you're like, Diggs, Cook, Davis, Josh Allen. Like, who else should – I mean, you could take tight end shots on Knox or Kincaid. Sure. No doubt about that. But, like, these are the types of games on the fantasy side of things that we absolutely love because you know going into this game, 90 – I'd say 90% of the production is going to go to these eight or nine guys. And it's just like, those are the games we love. Um, So talk to me here about the Buffalo side of this game. Yeah. Diggs is like in that same price range as uh, Chase and Adams uh, and Keenan Allen. So ownership is going to be so interesting this week, uh, especially at this wide receiver position. There's just so many awesome options up at the top here. Diggs is right there with those guys. Like we love the, it's the best game environment of, of the entire slate. So we want some exposure to the wide receiver one in that that game for sure. On the Buffalo side, Davis's price is up a little bit at fifty nine hundred. I think I would just prefer to find a way to get up to Diggs. Um, and one of the things that can help me do that, I think, is double stacking Allen with one of these tight ends. We haven't seen a huge game from Dalton Kincaid yet, but the role is nice. He's running a bunch of routes. Only two targets last week. This guy's going to have a big game where he catches like six or seven balls and finds the end zone one of these weeks. I, like I've been saying that for two weeks now, it feels like, but it's it's going to happen eventually. He's essentially a slot wide receiver. He's running a bunch of routes. Knox, Knox has the touchdown equity. They look for him in the red zone. Um, he's probably not going to have huge yardage totals, but he could put up a two touchdown game, certainly. Uh, so both tight ends at 3,200 for Kincaid, 3,100 for Knox. I'm very interested in that. Um, and then cook, I think is the, the, maybe the most interesting piece to me here. His role has been incredible. He has the, the thing that's missing from his role is the goal line stuff. Um, they're using Latavius Murray down there quite a bit, Damian Harris down there and cook hasn't seen a goal goal line role. So he hasn't found the end zone yet, but there's nothing saying he can't take one from 15 to 20 yards out and, and find the end zone. It's an awesome game environment. I'm, I'm playing some James cook this week for sure. 6,300. I like the price. He's one of my favorite running back plays this week. Um, yeah. I, I feel like if you're going to beat Miami, right? If you're Buffalo and you're going to beat Miami, you got to slow the game down. Like you can't let Miami, you know, be on the field and let this offense keep going. The, I mean, the defense, they're not great, but the offense is so good that you gotta you gotta try to slow the game down a little bit. So I think that. You know, obviously, like you said, you worry about Murray. You worry about Allen, you know, sniping touchdowns. Yeah. You need you need James Cook to have that, like, touchdown from, you know, outside the 10. But, I mean, his role is phenomenal. You know, he averaged six and a half yards per carry last week, you know, seven yards per carry the week before that. Like, this guy is the real deal. And I think that over time, we're going to see James Cook just be more and more involved. We're going to see his snap share go from 60 to 75% throughout this season. So, Love the James Cook call. Um, Knox and Kincaid, you nailed it, right? Like these are the these are the slot receivers. Uh, again, going back to the conversation of like tight ends, we are getting a tight end playing slot, and that's exactly what's happening here. Um, so yeah, overall, Diggs, Knox, Kincaid. I I disagree a little bit on Davis. I think this is a great spot for him. I hate the price tag, um, fifty nine hundred, yeah. like you said. But I think that like he does have that like 20 point upside. So if like you are trying to maybe pivot off of Diggs or pair him with Diggs, I don't, dude, I'm going to tell you right now that I have multiple five man stacks of this game because I think this game just is so explosive. So 
I'm going to have exposure to Davis. Um, I'm not touching Hardy. They are using the tight ends in the in the slot way more than they're using Hardy. Um, so I think I read a thing the other day. Hardy's only ran like 30 routes this season, three games. So um, obviously getting targeted pretty well on as far as like being on routes, but like Kincaid and Knox are the tight ends. Um, they're the slot receivers here. All right, moving on. We got Pittsburgh at Houston, 41 and a half total in this game. Pittsburgh, a three point favorite in this game go to the pittsburgh side first i'm i mean when you're looking at houston you love running backs against houston um but honestly like the the run defense for houston's been awful and Najah harris has been awful um i I think like where we could potentially get different in this game um is actually maybe taking some shots on like jaron war jalen warren i think he's the better running back and he has like pass catching like upside like this guy is creep like creeping into a, a higher like a more like efficient role than harris anyway so i think jalen warren is super interesting for tournaments this week um i don't love this like Steelers side i have some interest in like collins and dell on the other side even maybe damian pierce we'll talk about him in a second so like i think i'll end up maybe getting some exposure to like pickens austin warren um it's not my favorite, but if I'm going to be on the Houston side, I'm going to definitely look for some runbacks. Pittsburgh is a favorite on the road in this game. Um, talk to me about Pittsburgh. Sell me on something, Keith. I'm going to have a tough time selling you. The running back situation, not, Najee Harris is still far too involved. He's he's not very good, as you kind of alluded to there. Uh, Warren sure is – yeah, Warren's the more talented guy from everything that we've seen. He maybe he takes over the role eventually, but right now it's just pretty much a split, and it's tough to play either of these guys. Um, if choosing one, I agree with you. I'd go Jalen Warren, um, and and just hope that Houston's playing from ahead, uh, because I think that's where Warren could really find a significant role is uh, catching passes out of the backfield. He's getting some carries too, but Najee's still too involved for me to make him a primary piece of my build this week. The receivers, like just Kenny Pickett, hasn't shown us enough, in my opinion. The Houston pass defense has been pretty good. Um, Pickens is is fifty four hundred. I think that's an okay price. Like we've seen him take the slant route and go to the house, so he he doesn't necessarily have to do it way down the field. Um, he has elite run after catch ability. I think my favorite target on Pittsburgh here is actually Fryermuth, the tight end. Um, he's only thirty four hundred. We've seen him had a, have a pretty nice role. He's caught two touchdowns already. Um, so you know that Pick, Pickett is looking for him down in the red zone. Um, I like the price for Friar Muth. He might be my favorite run back here. Yeah, I think this is a game you're going to try to project um, game script. Because like you said, if Pittsburgh's playing from behind, Warren is going to see a huge role. If Pittsburgh's playing from ahead, maybe Najee gets that 20 carry game and he finally has a good game. Uh, The problem with like Pittsburgh is their run blocking has just been so bad this year. Maybe a matchup here against a run defense that really struggles. Um, you know, they, they benefit from that. And like Houston has been one of the worst teams in football this year at pressuring the quarterback. So I think Kenny Pickett could like stay alive this week and like actually have some time to throw. Um, so I don't mind Pickens. I honestly, if Allen Robinson's out, I don't mind Calvin Austin either. He's 3,300 at that price, like a touchdown and a few catches. And like, you're super happy about that uh, because we have so many people to pay up for this week. So many people not playing Pickett though, for what it's worth. Um, I think we do have some cheap quarterbacks to play and i don't think pickett's one of them houston side 
is it finally time for Damian Pierce to show up? Um, I mean, if he doesn't do it this week, I'm worried, right? Like he's had some really tough matchups. We'll give him that, right? Like he Baltimore Indy, Indy's one of the best run defenses in the league. The Jags defense is super solid. You would think like how that game kind of played out, Pierce would get more. Um, he didn't like Singletary is still there. Pierce is the first option. This is one of the worst run defenses in the league so far this season. Like, is this the spot we actually play and trust Damian Pierce a little bit? Um, he's cheap. Like he's 5,100 for a lead back role. Like I don't hate it. We saw tank Dell, you know, arrive last week. Um, you know, kudos to CJ Stroud, like got a lot of crap coming into the season and he's actually looked really solid. You know, he's thrown, over 280 yards in back-to-back games now, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, I mean, shout out to him. Like Collins and Dell, like I know Robert Woods is still there, but I mean, it's such an interesting offense where it's like, you know, probably have a little interest in this passing game against this team too. Yeah, CJ Stroud's looked really good. Um, Looks much better than Bryce Young so far. I know Bryce Young missed last week, but the two games he did play – Stroud has looked like the better guy so far. Um, maybe that has to do with his his receiver receiving core here. Nico Collins has been amazing. Tank Dell has burst onto the scene since the uh, the injury to Noah Brown. So I'm extremely interested there. Woods is fine. But I just I feel like Dell has more talent at this point. Woods is a little bit over the hill. Um, Tank Dell looks like a great option. Price has come up a little bit to 4600, but we're talking about back to back games over 20 DraftKings points. He's has an awesome role here. Collins is still getting um, a bunch of targets fell off a little bit last week, but I think that he can get back up into that eight, nine range that we saw in the first two weeks. Uh, 5,100. I'm, I'm okay with that price. So I am interested in the passing game here more than I am the running game. I think Damian Pierce, like he's coming off a major injury. The efficiency has not looked good and they're, they're mixing in um, Singletary. Like you said, in a game that they were in control of for much of it, he only had 14 carries against Jacksonville. So I'm a little bit worried about the role for Pierce, and I'm, I'm worried about the efficiency as well. Maybe he's just not quite fully back from that injury. So I'm I'm really interested in the passing game here. It's it's Nico Collins, it's Tank Dell, a little bit of, of Robert Woods maybe. Um, I, th- I think I'll even have some uh, Stroud stacks just because of the way he's looked. You, you touched on the production a little bit. He's not going to run much, but if he can throw for 300 yards at 5,600, I'm I'm interested in that. Yeah, I actually have a little of interest in him as well. Um, I mean, like we are getting a Steelers road favorite here going into Houston. And like, I think people are riding off Houston too fast. Um, and I'm not just saying that because they beat the Jags last week. I think that Stroud is young and he looks really solid. Um, and like this offense, like if they could get they could get Damian Pierce going. He's super talented. If they can get him going, which I really think this is the spot for him to get going. Um, I mean, you're giving Stroud another option and like now you're opening up the passing game even more for him with these two talented young wide receivers on the outside, man. Like uh, Houston's interesting. Definitely a team we're going to be talking about a lot this year uh, for a lot more reasons than last year, for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> last few years. All right. Uh, we're heading to Philadelphia. We got Washington at Philly 44 and a half total in this game. Uh, it's down to 43 and a half. Philadelphia is still an eight and a half point favorite in this one. Let's talk Washington first. 
Washington had their like first, I feel like tough matchup last week um, going into Buffalo. And we, I mean, seeing Sam Howell in week two just continues to tell us and show us like how bad that Denver um, pass defense is, <laughs> you know, granted like Miami did what they did, right? They won 70 to 20. There was a couple um, really like fluky plays in that game. It wasn't close, but there was some fluky plays for to get to 70, but I mean, this is another tough matchup, right? Going into Buffalo, now coming into Philadelphia for Sam Howell. Logan Thomas still banged up. Uh, I think he's in concussion protocol still. Um, Brian Robinson, this is an extremely tough spot um, for him. Like, this is one of the best, if not the best, run defense in the league this year. Um, talk to me here about Washington. I, I'm struggling to find a way for Washington to keep this game close, to be honest. Yeah, I have similar thoughts. I think that Philly kind of runs away with this one a little bit. And for that inter- that reason, I'm strictly looking for runbacks to Jalen Hurts stuff. Uh, Terry McLaurin is is the top option here, 5,300. Howell could be dropping back a ton here. So I, I do have some interest in McLaurin. We know he has big playability. Dotson is fine as well. Price is starting to trickle down a little bit on him, 4,800. Um you could involve Curtis Samuel a little if you wanted to. I, I'd probably stick to just McLaurin and Dotson, and they're strictly going to be run backs. No interest in Howell. No interest in the running backs for me. I have the exact same thoughts. Um, I don't even know how much like I'm going to get to Philly in this game. We're, we're going to talk about DeAndre Swift. He looks fantastic. Yeah. Um, whatever happened the week before, it wasn't a fluke. Um, he looks incredible. Like Tampa run defense is good, and he shredded them. Um, but yeah, Washington side. I'm with you. I think McLaurin and Dotson are cheap enough that like you can just say, hey, they're cheap. I'm going to run them back on Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, DeAndre Swift teams. Um, or you can play DeAndre Swift and Philly defense. I, I mean, there's those are the kind of options I feel like you're playing in this game. Sam Howell's going to throw a lot. I just think this is a bad spot, man, um, for him. Philadelphia side of this game. I kind of said it, Keith. Um, I know we were like, what's going to happen with DeAndre Swift? Tough matchup. We were kind of hesitant um, when we were talking about him for the Monday night slate. Wow. Um, didn't matter. Average eight yards per carry against one of the best run defenses in football. Um, now, like, Boston Scott is getting close. He he practiced fully Wednesday. I don't think it matters. I really think we just saw Swift become the lead back in Philadelphia and the only thing, the only thing that always worries me with Philly is they have no problem playing three running backs in a game. Talk to me here about Philadelphia. Yeah, I was very surprised to see the the Swift game well split to start the game. And if you're if you're looking at game logs and things like that, you you look well. Swift only carried it six times compared to Gainwell's fourteen, but that was all in the fourth quarter for Kenneth Gainwell. It was DeAndre Swift until that game got out of hand. He was very clearly ahead of Kenneth Gainwell. Um, so I'm, I'm with you. Like, this is Swift's backfield. 5,700 is just way too cheap if he's going to have the lead role in this explosive offense. So I, I love DeAndre Swift this week. I'm playing some hurt stacks too, as you probably always should. He's probably can't double stack him because of the pricing on A.J. Brown with wide receiver, the premium wide receivers, that is. A.J. Brown at 7,700, uh, Devonta Smith at 7,500. So I like I'm going to use a tight end if I am. I'll just use Goddard with one of Brown or Smith, um, but definitely interested in in some hurt stacks. Not not scared of this Washington defense. We know they have a ton of upside. Uh, would be fine single stacking him as well. Pick one, any one of those three: uh, AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, or or Dallas Goddard. 
and run the, the skinny stack with them. But yeah, I think that Philly rolls in this game. I think we see another big rushing performance from DeAndre Swift. Philly defense, one of the best best defenses on the slate for me too. Oh yeah, Philly defense very much in play. We saw last week what Buffalo did. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's a young quarterback. He's going to try to make plays. And, um, I mean, he threw four picks last week against Buffalo. I don't think that's going to be the norm. I do think, like, Sam Howell has, like, the potential to be a good quarterback in the NFL. Um, it's just he's young. He has pieces around him, though, like with McLaurin Dotson. Um, I still think, like, you're taking shots, like you said, you know, with Brown and, and Smith. I think the main play here for me is Swift. Um, yeah, like, just – I wish we could just go like first half stats and look at like the split, but yeah, Swift is the guy. Um, the eye test definitely favors Swift, but I, I think my main focus in this game is going to be Swift Philly defense. Um, but like you said, I'll have some McLaurin, I'll have some Dotson, and then I'll run. I'll definitely have always have um, interest in Hertz and these running wide receivers. Like, and that, and we say it all the time. Like Hertz is a guy you can play by himself. You don't necessarily need a run back because he's easily a guy that can rush it in twice. All right, moving on. We got Rams and Colts. This game is at forty six and a half. Indy one and a half point favorites here. Keith, um, one of my favorite games of the, the slate. I absolutely love this game. It's indoors. It just sets up as such a great game. I hope it kind of goes overlooked. Looking at like projected ownership. I probably am wrong. Um, it looks like it's going to get some ownership here. Let's talk about it. We'll go to the Rams side first. Um, I mean, this is a spot where I think there's so many people in play from this game. I don't know if I want to play Stafford, but if I was going to play Stafford, this would be the spot. Just doesn't give you a lot of rushing upside where some of these other guys in the same price range gives you a little bit of ru rushing upside as well. But like he gives you 303 type of upside in this matchup. The Colts want you to throw the football against them. This is a phenomenal spot for Puka. Um, he's going to be one of my highest on wide receivers. I know it's Wednesday. I don't care. I'm going to have a ton of Puka um, this week. I like Tutu Atwell in this game as well. We're seeing him carve out a role as well in this offense. Like, he's cheap. He's 5,500. Like I'm going to be way overweight on the passing game for the Rams this week. And I don't want to necessarily rule out Williams because he is a guy that can catch the ball to the backfield. 
So I think even at six k at six k on non Stafford teams, you could look at Williams and pair him with a you know an Atwell um, or a Puka because I really do think this is a spot you can double stack the Rams. Yeah, I, I completely agree with everything that you said there. I'm extremely interested in this game environment in the Dome in Indy. Um, this Rams offense is highly condensed at this point. We know where the ball is going. Kyron Williams has one of the best roles of any running back in the league so far this year. Uh, Cam Akers got sent out of town. Um, I'm pulling it up right now, actually. He has, he has been in on like 90-something percent, not quite that high, 85.5% of the snaps this season. But that was bef- with Akers there for part of it, too. I think last week he was well over 90. Um, so awesome role for Ky- Kyron Williams, only 6K. Um, the pass catchers are really the story here, though. Um, what Puka Nakua has done through three games is historic. Um, I know he, he was down to seven targets last week. That's still a phenomenal role. He's He was at 20 and 15 the two weeks before that. Dude catches everything thrown his way. Uh, it looks like an awesome spot for him. Still not not priced high enough for me. He's in that Cooper Cup role. Um, 60, we would definitely play, pay 6700 for Cooper Cup in this spot. Completely agree with your thoughts on, on Tutu Atwell as well. He has a significant role here. Uh, love the, what we've been seeing out of him. They're scheming up plays for him behind the line of scrimmage. Um, at least eight targets in all three games. 5,500, too cheap for this game environment. Love Tutu Atwell as well. Probably don't need Higby at 4,200. We did we have seen a little bit better of a role um, here recently. Five targets last week, seven the week before. He's involved. If you want to play him, that's fine, but a little bit overpriced for me still at 4,200. Um, it, it really, it's the wide receivers, Puka and, and Tutu. I'll, I'll have some Williams teams um, separate from those guys as well. I think Higby's in play on FanDuel, right? Where you're trying to hunt that tight end touchdown. Um, yeah. He's not a guy that in most games is going to go out there and get 10 targets. And I mean, you're not going to get 10 targets from many tight ends on any slate, but they, they're just, I mean, their offense is really condensed as well. And, Josh in chat says Tutu is still a gadget player. I'm not paying that much for him. Tutu's ran the most routes of anybody in this offense. Yeah. Um, I mean, eight so, targets a week is elite. Like that's an yeah. elite role. Like that's the type of that's the type of stuff we pay you know seven k for. Um, yep. That type of target share. So why I don't disagree necessarily with him being like a gadget player. They're getting the ball to him and they're getting him very involved. I mean, you know, could he? Could he get there without a touchdown? He's shown it already. Um, you know, a touchdown just helps. It saved him last week. I mean, that touchdown that he caught late in that game saved him from not, I wouldn't necessarily say dudding, but kind of dudding. So um he says two two Atwell is just not that good. We don't know. Um <laughs> he's we really know. fast. We, we know that. Yeah. <laughs> the speed wins, man. So um I expect a a much higher target share from Puka this week, by the way. Um, because I yeah. think Williams is gonna I think Williams is going to struggle on the ground this week. Um, the other side of this game, ton of interest in the Colts side of this game as well. Richardson practice Wednesday. We're fully expecting Richardson to be back this week. Um, starting, he obviously offers some upside. We talked about it. It was it last week where, I mean, the dude went out in the first half of the game and had 17 fantasy points in the first quarter. Um, so, he got the concussion rushing a touchdown and they're developed like designing runs for him. Um, I, I think Richardson, one of the top quarterback plays on the slate. I think this is going to be a high scoring game. Um, spoiler alert for the morning grind game. I think this is going to be a high scoring game. Um, 
where do I pair him? I think you can play him by himself. I think if you're going to pair him, it's probably Pittman. Don't forget about Kylan Granson at tight end. 3K for a guy that has tremendous amount of upside. I also want to say, don't forget about Zach Moss in this matchup. As much as we have talked about like the passing game, Zach Moss has looked incredible since coming back. And this is a spot Zach Moss could go bonkers against this Rams run defense. So just want to say... This game's fantastic. I love this game, Keith. Like, I I want so much of this game. And what's great about it is, like, you kind of know where the production is. And it's just, like, you have to get it right on, like, the pairings. But you know who to pair. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I absolutely love the indie side of this game as well. It's going to be one of my highest owned games of the week. Um, love the Zach Moss call. They, they have been just using him almost exclusively um, 85% of the snaps for Zach Moss as well on the season, just 6,000 for a guy that's on the field. 85% of the time is, is too cheap. Um, good spot against the Rams run defense. Like you mentioned. So love that call. Anthony Richardson might be one of my highest exposed quarterbacks as well. Just so much upside prices come up a little bit to 6,700, but he's legitimately a guy who has the upside to break a slate with his legs. So I'm in the wide receivers. Pittman has been getting a ton of targets. Josh Downs got 12 targets last week. He's 3,500. Um, a guy that the the Blitz Cardi's projection system absolutely loved last week, and I just I wasn't completely sold on it. I was wrong. Like 12 targets from Josh Downs was incredible. Um, definitely d- don't sleep on that role if he's going to be out there that much and and able to earn 12 targets in a game for 3,500. I think he makes a fine stacking partner with Richardson. Michael Pittman has had double digit targets in every single week so far this season. Certainly prefer him, but if I don't have the money for Pittman, I'm fine going down to Downs. Um, and Granson has had a solid role at tight end as well. You mentioned him. Um, I, I like him quite a bit as well. So I'm going to have a ton of exposure to both sides of this game. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously YouTube chat's bringing up the fact that like Gardner Minshew was that quarterback and he checked down a lot. Like he checked down uh, to Downs quite a bit in that game. That is a concern, but he's 3,500 and he's out there playing. Like even weeks one and two, He's out there playing. Um, So, like, the potential is still there in a high-scoring game. You know, Pittman's the guy. Like, we're not going to sit here and say Pittman's not the guy. Richardson's first look is going to be Pittman 40% of the time. Um, So, yeah. my Okay, so really quick. I don't want to get too long-winded on this game. But my only concern, right? uh, Now I'm going to play negative Nancy just for a second. My only concern, week three of the season, Anthony Richardson goes down with a concussion, right? or week two of the season, Anthony Richards goes down with a concussion. Now, do the Colts rethink the designed runs and we see him, you know, pocket pass a little bit more? That's a concern. He's not a pocket passer. I'm a Gator. I watched this guy in college play. He's not a pocket passer. He needs to be on the move. He's going to take some shots. He's going to get hit a little bit. Um, I mean, yeah, like, I think... That is a concern. Still going to have a ton of interest in him. Play him a bunch. Um, Don't forget about Zach Moss. Just want to keep pointing that out. Don't forget about Zach Moss. This is a phenomenal, phenomenal spot for Zach Moss. Don't forget about Zach Moss. If they take away the design runs from Anthony Richardson, he might be Justin Fields. So we probably want to, they probably want to keep the design runs in there. He's better than Justin (laughs) <laughs> I watched I watched Justin Fields from from high school because of that show. What was the show on Netflix that Justin Fields? I forget what it's called. Um, but watched him like play high school and uh he has heart. Anyway, 
Denver at Chicago. Let's talk about Justin Fields. 30 or 40, 46 total um, in this game. Denver, a three and a half point favorite. Let's go Denver first. Um, gosh, if there's ever a game to go over a total with two <laughs> just absolutely terrible defenses and two absolutely terrible offenses, um, this would be the game, right? I, my first dummy lineup that I built has Russell Wilson in it. Hear me out. The Bears defense is awful. It is so incredibly bad. It's so incredibly bad. Um, I just, they don't pressure the quarterback. Like, just didn't, like, Patrick Mahomes didn't have to do anything last week. Like, they just couldn't keep the game close. This is a way different spot. Both of these defenses are awful. Let's go Denver. I really like Cortland Sutton this week. I think he's one of the most underpriced players on the slate at first look. Um, Trotman, I'm actually warming up to because of like his routes that he's running. Like he's not getting a ton of targets. I think he had zero catches the last two weeks. He's running a ton of routes though. I think there's opportunity there. Sutton with Judy banged up again. Absolutely love Court and Sutton in this spot. I think, like I said, he's like $1,200 cheaper than he should be. I, I like your Cortland Sutton call um, with Judy banged up. I definitely think that, that he could get off here. Um, I'm on Richie Small's side here with this. I think this is a Javante Williams eruption spot. I hope so. We're waiting for it. Yep. Yep. Uh, looked awesome last year before the injury. Obviously, he's still working his way back from that. Might be on a little bit of a pitch count still. Hasn't got over th- more than 13 carries in any of the, the games so far this season. But, man, if we could see 18 18- carries from Javante Williams in this spot. I think he could just go absolutely nuts. The Bears defense is awful. They're awful in all aspects, like you mentioned. So you definitely want exposure to Denver. Um, I don't mind the, the Russell Wilson stacks. Sutton is it would be the guy as well. Take some shots on Marvin Mims too. Like he's not out there running that many routes, but when he's out there, they're targeting him. Um, and they're targeting him deep down the field. A 40-yard touchdown from Marvin Mims here would not surprise me at all. Um I don't know if I can get on board with Troutman. I just don't know. that. I don't think there's much talent there from a pass-catching perspective. Right. I hear you, though. He's he's 2,800. He's cheap. If he happens to find the end zone, that's really all you need. Um, so I'm fine with that. I think I'd rather go Mims, though, as a second piece here in the in my uh, rest stacks. But Sutton, very clearly the, the top target. My only concern with Mims, he's the he's the second most, third, probably third most talented cat, like pass runner or pass catcher in this offense. Like, they just don't want to get him involved. Like they're still running out like Humphrey for routes. Um, They're using Johnson for routes. Like, like, so I need Judy to be out for me to play Mims. Um, I I need like a a piece to be out where he's going to still get like the, the routes and stuff. Um, But I mean, Judy has kind of been playing through this like knee injury. He still played all the snaps last week outside of when they just were like, Hey, we're taking all the guys out. And I think like, back to like the Williams conversation, like we forget that like that game script was awful from like the second quarter on like Miami just absolutely put it on Denver. And like the fact that he got 11 carries, I think says a lot in that game because they just, they, they had nothing. Denver had nothing for Miami last week. Um, Moving on to the Chicago side. If Justin Fields can't do it this week, he might just not be able to do it. Um, I, I hate it. I don't want to play him. I'm going to, this team, Denver, Denver, not Chicago, Denver, cannot get any pressure on the quarterback. Tua had days 
to make a decision whether to run or throw. If Justin Fields can't do it this week, Keith, as a Bears fan, <laughs> you need to be start chanting whoever the backup is. I don't even know who the backup is. Um, is it Peterman still? Well, like, it doesn't it, even matter at that yeah. point. Tank, uh, tank for Caleb needs to be the chant. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> this is the spot, right? Like, this is the spot yes. that if Fields can't do it this week, he can't do it. Um, I, I hate the fact that I want to play him. He's been awful. He looked awful last week. I'm going to be playing. I'm going to be playing with some DJ Moore, um, with Komet. Like, I, I've probably even run some double stacks here. Like, and this defense is, is not good. Both of these defenses are just so bad. And it, and like, we talked about it coming into last week anyway for Miami. Like, the Denver run defense is just bad and it's just bad in general. I just don't trust Herbert enough, but I do think that like Johnson, with a pass catcher running back like a Wilson stack makes some sense. Cause if they do get down, this guy can get five, six, seven targets out of the backfield. I have interest in Chicago. I don't love it. I, I absolutely hate myself for wanting to play the bears, but if there's a week for them to do it, this is the week they're at home. Denver's defense stinks. They have to do it this week. If they don't, I'm done. Mark my words, clip this. If they don't do it against Denver, I'm done. I think that's a, a very fair take. Um, it's it's the best spot that they're going to see all season long. It has been an atrocious look so far for this offense. Somehow they be, they're worse than they were last year. Even after adding DJ Moore, this offense has regressed from where they were at last year. Justin Fields has regressed as a quarterback. It has been ugly, ugly scenes as a Bears fan. Um, the price has come down. He's in the best spot that he's going to see all season long. So you know I'm playing the heck out of him. I, it, I hate to do it, but... We did see him run a little bit more last week. They said that they were going to change up the game plan a little bit. 11 rushing attempts. You did see some de- designed runs finally. That has to be a part of this Bears offense. It's Justin Fields' strength. Why would you not design runs for the for the guy? Like It made no sense to try that in the first couple of weeks. Hopefully we see a whole lot more of that. If that's the case, Justin Fields has upside to rush for 100, 150 yards. We've seen it. Um, 6,600 for that type of upside. I'm playing him this week. It's not comfortable. The the past past hatchers have been a mess. It's DJ Moore for me still. He's the most talented of the group. Chase Claypool has been on the field way too much for my liking. Part of that is because um, Darnell Mooney's been dealing with a little bit of an injury. Um, so I, I think I'd go Mooney over Claypool despite the price difference. And Claypool has run as many routes as Mooney this season. But Mooney's injuries have kind of kept him off the field through three weeks here. Hopefully he's getting a little bit healthier. Um, I like the Comet call as well. But yeah, like you can you can play Justin Fields many different ways. You can play him naked. You can play him stacked with Denver guys. You can play him stacked with one Chicago pass catcher. Even the double stack I think is in play against this terrible Denver defense. Like this, I agree. If there's ever an overspot, I know the the quarterbacks have both been atrocious, but the defenses are even worse. I'm telling you, one of, one of these quarterbacks is going nuts for sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna have exposure to this game again. I hate it. Um, <laughs> it's just, I do. Um, but I mean, like we have we have two defenses, right? Like Denver this year, they've allowed 200, 292 passing yards through the first three games per game. They've allowed the most rushing yards per game. Obviously, last week had a lot to do with that. Um, but like the Bears, they've allowed the fifth most passing yards and the the twelfth most rushing yards. Like it's just one of those spots where it's like the upside is tremendous on both sides. Um, just neither one of these teams get pressure on the quarterback like they're just this is the game 
Like it, it, both of these game, both of these teams, like come into this week, like, hey, we probably need to win this game. Um, especially Sean Payton. Just saying. All right, let's go to Baltimore, Cleveland, Baltimore in Cleveland. Um, forty and a half total in this game. Cleveland, a two and a half point favorite. Um, we'll start here with the Baltimore side. We'll start with the running back situation really quick for Baltimore. Um, you know, Edwards Gross. concussion <laughs> practice fully Wednesday. Gus Edwards. So. Um, assume he'll clear concussion protocol. He'll likely be the starter. If he does, I don't think they want to start Marvin or Melvin Gordon over him or Kenyon Drake. So I think it's Edwards backfield. If he's a hundred percent Hill doesn't sound like he's going to play, um, foot didn't even, it wasn't even at practice Wednesday. So, um, yeah, foot injury. We'll see, but Let's go, man, like, I'm at the point where I respect this Cleveland defense so much right now. Um, I think they've been the best defense in the league through the first three weeks of the season. What does that mean for Lamar? Like, even in tough matchups, Lamar Jackson is someone that I feel like you can get exposure to. Um, like we saw last week, he he ran for 100 yards and two touchdowns. So, like, tough matchups just probably, like, means Lamar is going to run more than he's going to throw. Um do we have interest in him at 7,700? I think we should. Do we have any interest in the pass catchers? I, I don't know if I have any interest in the running back situation. I have zero interest in the, in the running back situation. So it's all about Lamar for me. Um, the Cleveland run defense has been outstanding. The whole defense has been outstanding. But I think there are ways to, that Lamar can can have a big night here or a big day. Um, Cleveland plays man man coverage at one of the highest rates in the NFL. Running quarterbacks against man coverage is definitely a thing. So I think Lamar Jackson still has upside, despite a really good Cleveland defense on the other side. The the wide receivers room is is really banged up as well. We saw OBJ miss last week. He's questionable again. Rashad Bateman is also questionable as well. They might only have Zay Flowers and Nelson Aguilar left. It's very clearly Zay Flowers for me in that situation. I think he's their most talented wide receiver anyway. Um, but if Bet, uh, Bateman and, and Odell are out, I, I can run some flowers out there. He, he could see 15 targets in this spot if they're playing from behind. And I do like Cleveland to win this game. Um, so I like Lamar by himself. I like Lamar stacked with Zay Flowers. And I like uh, Lamar stacked with Mark Andrews as well. We know Mark Andrews can have has a massive ceiling at the tight end position. He's, he's one of the few guys who can ab- absolutely separate. So I'll have Lamar and Andrews stacks as well. But Zay, Zay Flowers would be my favorite pass catcher. I think it's a terrible spot for Andrews. Um, yeah. If you if you love like cornerback wide receiver matchups, um, I think it, what's his name Grant DePitt, I think is his Delpit. name. Yeah, yeah, one of the best, if not the best, safety in football to start the season this year. So, um, I I really think like if I'm pairing Lamar with anybody, and I really think this is a spot you don't have to pair Lamar because you're really just kind of betting on the fact that he's going to run for 75 plus yards and a touchdown or two. If I'm pairing with every anybody, it's going to be the the speed of Zay Flowers, like you said. Um, he's the guy on the outside that man to man, go beat your guy kind of play. I think is what you'd be looking at here. But I mean, they play so much man that they shut down tight ends and they've been shutting down running backs. Where it's a really tough spot for Baltimore, um, Cleveland side. I mean, the Baltimore defense has been pretty solid as well. I mean, this is a a tough spot for Watson, who's kind of banged up right now. Um, I know he was dealing with like a little bit of a shoulder injury. Um, I mean, it started to answer the questions a little bit, right? 
Um, you know, coming into the season, the question was, can Deshaun Watson win games? And I mean, they're two and one. And he looked really solid last week against a bad pass defense in Tennessee. Do we think that continues in this tough matchup is a good question. Um, Cooper now 6,100. Now we're starting to get to the price where they really got to start thinking about Cooper. Um, you know, Elijah Moore's here. Najoku's here. Um, Ford, we, you and I were off of Ford last week. We didn't love the spot. He got a wide open touchdown in the passing game where he just was gifted a touchdown. Had he not scored that touchdown, we would have looked somewhat smart, <laughs> but still not too smart because he had a good rushing game, which he got gifted a rushing touchdown as well. He averaged 1.8 yards per carry <laughs> last week and scored 19 fantasy points. Oh, that's one of those spots where you're like, I was right, but I was wrong. I'll take my L, but I was right. Talk to me here about the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested here. I don't think I need to play Watson stacks to get – like I would rather play Lamar on the other side of this and then yes. use Ford. I think this is a decent spot for Ford. I think he's better. It was a really difficult matchup against Tennessee. That's why we didn't like him. Um, but 1.8 yards per carry. Yeah. But Baltimore's run defense is not as good as Tennessee's. Um, so better spot for him this week. His price did come up a little bit. Um, I I really wish he didn't score those touchdowns again, because we'd be looking at him at 4,900 or 5k would be really nice. 5,400 still very much in play for me. I liked what we've seen of, of the passing game role. Um, I was a little bit afraid that Kareem Hunt would kind of nuke that part of his game. Um, but he still had four targets. So forward in the passing game is, is uh, I think, is, is really a thing. Um, Cooper's price, not ideal, but this Baltimore secondary is very beat up. As, assuming that Watson is, is fully healthy, I think that Cooper could really go off again here. I like him at 6,100. We saw Elijah Moore with, with a huge role, nine targets last week, all very close to the line of scrimmage as well. So he caught all nine of them. Um, they're just going to continue to try to put this the ball in this guy's hands I told you like last week, my concerns were that I'm not sure that he can get open. Like he's not that great of a wide receiver, but if they're scheming stuff for him behind the line, much like the two, two Atwell stuff that we were talking about, well, I have interest in him as a playmaker. I don't think he's a fantastic wide receiver, but he is a good playmaker. So if they put the ball in his hands nine times again, I'm fully on board with paying him, playing him at 4,700. Um, but I think I run this as, as a, a game where Cleveland is winning. So uh, probably something like Ford and maybe Elijah Moore, and use Lamar as the run back on the other side. So I don't even need to play Watson necessarily. I love building that that type of game stack. It's going to be a unique lineup construction. That That's my favorite way to play this game. I love the Elijah Moore call. I had written him down as someone under 5K that is getting a good amount of targets, seven targets or more in each of the three first games this season. So um, I, I like that call a lot. I do want to say that pricing-wise on this slate, I think both of these defenses are in play. Um, And I don't even know if you need to pair them with running backs. I think both of these defenses are in play this week. I'm going to be underweight on Ford again, kind of looking at his projected ownership. I know like, again, it's Wednesday, but like he's projecting as like one of the highest owned running backs again this week. And I just, if he's going to be like massive chalk, I just like pro football focus has the Baltimore run defense as the second greatest, like second graded, run defense in the nfl through the first three weeks so like it's not a great spot if ah, just man if he's gonna be chalky again like if we're really gonna see like 19 percent ownership on ford i might go underweight again all right moving on here 
Minnesota at Carolina. 45 and a half total in this game. Minnesota, a four-point favorite. Um, Bryce Young returned to practice in full Wednesday. Fully expect him to start and play this game. We'll start with the Viking side, though. Jefferson was a guy we said you got to get in last week. Um, he was one of the guys we were very right about. We said Jefferson, Allen, Stacks, do that. It worked out great. Um, I will say, like, there was a lot of concerns about Madison just in general. He looked really good against Chargers as well. Uh, it's good to see him have a, a solid rushing game, very involved in the passing game. It's a condensed offense. And again, like, it's, it's Cousins, it's Madison, it's Jefferson, it's Addison, it's Hawkinson. Osborne's still there, though. Um, what are your thoughts here on Minnesota? I, I love this game environment. Um, it might be – it's top three for me. Um, definitely have Miami-Buffalo up there. I think the, the Rams-Colts game is outstanding, and this game is is in that same tier as one of the ones I want to target this week. Uh, condensed offense, like you said. We know it's Jefferson, Addison, Osborne. Um, Jefferson very clearly ahead. The price on, on Jefferson, though, is really tough this week. Um, 9,600, like I haven't decided, like it depends on how overweight I want to get on Tyreek Hill. I know Tyreek Hill is, is my preferred option, but man, I don't want to sleep on Jefferson either. I certainly try, want to try to get some exposure there, but the, the price is getting prohibitive. Alexander Madison is in a, in a fantastic spot. This Carolina run defense has been awful. 5,800, he finally looked better, like you said, against the Chargers. This is a just as good, if not better matchup in this spot. 20 carries. Cam Akers, is he going to be active? Probably. Am I scared about that? I, I don't necessarily think so. I think uh, Madison did enough to prove that he he's going to hang on to his role here. Maybe uh, Akers eats in a little bit, but I still feel really good about this spot for Madison. Cousins' price has come up, but they throw the ball so much. I'm, I'm still interested there. Um, just chuck it, man. They just chuck yeah. it all over <laughs> this field. It's amazing. They play fast. They throw, throw a ton. Like you just you have to have interest in the passing game, but I'm interested in Madison as well for uh, um, his price and the elite matchup. Kevin O'Connell is a DFS god. Yeah. <laughs> he just he just chucks it, and I mean that that's that's what they want to do. Um, a tough loss last week. Now they are zero and three. Um, speaking of tough tough losses, I don't want to like poke the bear, but what the heck happened in the Cubs game last night? Um, I, I blew my the... it blew my mind. It was right Ugh. before we like started recording baseball podcast last night. I was like, "Oh my god, someone needs to check on Keith." Because I, <laughs> as a fan, would have probably thrown my mouse. Um, yeah, all right, that was brutal. Not to get too sidetracked, but wow, it was awful. Um, yeah, I mean Minnesota for me. I have interest in Madison where I don't have Jefferson. Um, like if I am, if I am going. I, th I think Young is in play this week, and we'll talk about him in just a second. But if I am playing like a Bryce Young team, I could see myself having like a Madison Addison type of like double stack and just saying Jefferson doesn't go for 30 this week. Because um, I mean, almost every week, I think you got a pencil in Jefferson for 10 plus targets. So like every week, he's going to have the opportunity to go for 20 plus. Um, he's expensive. I mean, if he doesn't get the 30 and you know, we get two touchdowns from Addison and Madison, <laughs> um, say that fast 10 times. Um, you just, ha you just have some upside. Like Jordan Addison is still very involved here. No touchdown last week, but still eight targets, six catches, you know, 52 yards, still really solid game. Just needs that touchdown. I will say like 
the contrarian, I think the contrarian play on this slate, not even just in this game, but the contrarian play on this slate is TJ Hawkinson. Everybody's paying down for tight end this week. Um, and I get why I want to pay down too, but we can't ignore the 28 targets through the first three games of the season for Hawkinson. Um, he has one of the largest roles at tight end. Like he's up there with Kelsey as far as roles. Um, and it doesn't seem like it's going to change. So I think he's one of the, the most contrarian plays on the entire slate, not just this game. Uh, Carolina side, I just kind of said it. I actually have some interest in Bryce Young. Um, he's not necessarily, I think, someone that they're going to design runs for, but he does seem like someone that if you know the opportunity presents itself, he'll make a run and has some upside with that. But I love this spot. Minnesota's pass defense is bad. I think this is a really interesting spot for Sanders um, just in general, but I think Young could throw for like 250 and a few touchdowns in this game, which gives him some upside. Mingo concussion protocol um, practice limited Wednesday. We'll see if he's back or not. Uh, Again, like Adam Thielen's too cheap. It was my topic of conversation last week. We talked about how week one, he was injured, coming back from injury, didn't play a ton. He has 25 targets over the week two and week three. Um, He's 4,500. They just, he's going to be 6K next week. Yeah, man, I I thought Bryce Young was going to miss this week again. And then this was probably my most favorite game of the week just because we know the Panthers are a better passing offense with Andy Dalton behind center right now. Um, Looks like Bryce Young's going to make it back. Glad that that we do get to see the the young guy continue to develop here. But I felt like the the Carolina side of this had more upside with Dalton in there. Um, That being said, I'm still highly interested because the, the Minnesota defense is trash as well. So... Love the Thielen call. You were all over it last week. Absolutely spot on. Awesome game from him. Going right back to him this week. Price did not come up enough. He has an elite role here. I'm interested in DJ Chark as well, especially if Jonathan Mingo misses. Um, 11 targets from him last week. Got loose behind the defense a couple of times. Um, very nice role for him. Ha- did did find the end zone as well. We know he's not going to be super efficient, but 11 targets was nice to see. Miles Sanders is is interesting as well. Um, only fifty eight hundred. I'm still concerned about the passing role and the Chuba Hubbard role behind him. I feel like Chuba's going to be there. He's not going anywhere. Um, but I'm not scared of this Minnesota defense at all. So Sanders being cheap at fifty eight hundred, I am interested. Um, but I, I, the wide receivers are where I'm really looking here. Thielen and Chark. Yeah, I love the the Chark call there. Um, I could. I think you could double stack young with Chark and Thielen and it's such a cheap stack um, that you can get your Jefferson run back and still have plenty of money to build a really sound team. So yeah, um, I'll definitely be doing that a little bit. I just really quick wanted to like point out that week one um, really competitive game against Atlanta that kind of, I think it was later in the game, but Hayden Hurst had seven targets. That was like the Bryce young healthy week. Um, not a bad tight end play at 3,300. I do think that like he has a little bit of upside. I, I really think that Thielen has a, a tremendous amount of upside here. Just uh, going playing against his former team, like gosh, I feel like he's going to want this one. Oh yeah, Re- revenge narrative, man. He's yeah. finding the end zone here, right? Has to. Uh, I mean, don't you just like <laughs> what kind of coach are you if you don't design a play? Like, get your get your guy in the end zone here. My kids do not want to go to bed right now. I can hear them so loud. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. Um, I think that's it from this game. Pretty quick thoughts, but um, I think it's a fantastic game for DFS. Love it. Yep. Tampa at New Orleans. This game opened at 39 and a half. It's been bet up to 40 and a half. New Orleans, a three point favorite here. We'll start with the Bucks. I am still painting the, the Baker Mayfield game from last week. He, he let's just be honest. He missed a couple touchdown throws. Um, the Philly tough, tough matchup, right? Tough matchup, but New Orleans isn't a slouch defense. This game's in New Orleans. One of the toughest places to go play in the NFL. He's cheap. The wide receivers still kind of in that like mid tier. I really just want to say I want nothing to do with Tampa in this game, but I don't know if that's the right call. Um, I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on Tampa this week. Yeah, that's kind of the way I'm leaning as well. Um, we know um, Mike Evans and and Marshawn Lattimore have extensive history. I'm pretty sure Lattimore has owned that matchup over the years. Obviously, division rivals here. They, they know each other really well. It's like I think Godwin is is the play here with Lattimore and, and Evans doing their thing. I think there was a game last year they got kicked out as well. Maybe that was two years ago. But there's definitely history here with that aspect of this. New Orleans run defense is really, really good. So I'm not sure that Rashad White is somebody I have interest in. There's a lot of plays in this 6K range. Um, just talked about Sanders in the last game. He's right 5,600 for White. I think uh, Sanders was 5,800. So, like, I, I don't mind the price if you want to take some shots on, on White, but I, I don't like the matchup here against New Orleans. Kate Otten has had a nice role at, at tight end. Um, dropped a couple of passes last week. Oh, just the one. Just the one where he was <laughs> wide open. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's I don't I don't have a ton of interest. Like it's in, in the dome in New Orleans. That's usually a game that we like to target. But being being a division game, they generally are a little bit lower scoring. Godwin is my favorite here, but I don't think I'm I'm playing Mayfield stacks, and I'm I am concerned about the the Mike Evans Lattimore stuff. So I, I want to just point out, like as much as like this is a really tough matchup for white the dude's not coming off the field he's played 91 percent of the snaps through the first three games he's on the field he can catch the ball to the backfield he's 5600 still like we gotta like consider the price still um i mean the matchup stinks you nailed it right like the matchup stinks but he's not going to come off the field so if we are looking for just like opportunity i think he's interesting i just clicked his projected ownership um I'm switching to I had the blitz. The blitz has him projected for a lot of owners. So does RG projections have him projected for quite a bit really? of ownership too. So um I mean looking at projections, we currently have him projected for 15 fantasy points. 15 fantasy points of 5600 is super solid. So um I had interest when I thought in my head that he was going to be lower owned. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I uh, I don't think I'd play him at that ownership. Yeah, I I think like he's a guy that like I'm definitely going to get in a few lineups um but gosh opportunity equals product like like ceiling like we just had a question do you do we think snaps correlate to fantasy projections well opportunity is you have to be on the field to get points so if you're playing 90 percent of a snaps and your team's running i don't know what tampa's running off the top of my head but if they're running 50 plays a game and you're on the field for 90 percent of those plays i mean you can do the math um the the higher percentage for a guy that where their team is splitting at 60-40. You know, we just talked about Madison. Does Madison get a 60-40 split with Acres? We don't know. We know what White's role is. 
to answer Aaron's question a little bit, um, like snaps do correlate to fantasy projections, but I would say opportunities are more yeah, correlated. Yep. Yeah. Like carries and, and targets are more correlated than snap share is. Yeah. Like he's got, he's got 82% of the rushing attempts this season and he has a 12% target share. Um, yep. Oh, that, hold on. I had just week three selected my bad. Let's see. What is his season stats? So he's 80% of the 80% snap count and he's 57% attempts and 11% target share. So I was a little, that was my bad, but I still think like 80% of the snaps for a running back. You just don't see that very often anymore. Yep. Uh, New Orleans side. Oh buddy. Um, our, our favorite, our favorite um, <laughs> sounds like he's going to be back, right? Like Derek Carr, yep sprained shoulder that hurts um I, I highly doubt he plays this week Derek carr is a guy that like will try to grit stuff out but it sounds like we're gonna have Jameis winston at the helm this week for the saints um my first question to you is how much does alvin kamara coming back affect you fantasy wise and my second question for you is do we think the saints open up the playbook for Winston this week and let him try to win this game. To the answer to the second one, I yes, I definitely like it's a division game. They're certainly going to try to win. Um, we know that temp, Tampa Bay has an extremely stout run defense and the way to beat them is through the air. Um, so yes, I think New Orleans is trying to open to win the game. Kamara coming back, it's a difficult matchup, right? I just talked about Tampa Bay's run defense. The other concern that I have is Kamara's production when Jameis Winston was the Saints quarterback was the lowest of his career. Um, like Jameis just doesn't check the check the ball down. He just airs it out. He goes deep. He tries to hit the home run every play. So if Carr was the quarterback here, I would love Alvin Kamara this week. With Jameis, I have a ton of concern, and I don't think I'm playing him at 6,100. I would much rather play Chris Olave and Rashid Shahid, who are running the deep routes going down the field. Um, those are my thoughts on the game. That's assumption of coaching, like the coaching decisions that they're going to make and assumption of how Jameis Winston's going to continue to play football. He might have a strict order in this game to not, not to protect the ball and not take those shots that we know have gotten him in trouble in the past. They've also given him elite fantasy upside in the past as well. So currently early in the week, the way I love to play this game is, is Alave and Rashid Shahid. I don't think you sleep on Mike Thomas um, for what it's worth. Like he did nothing in the first half of that game. Derek Carr got hurt and he saw a ton of targets in the second half of that game when Winston was out there. So um, I don't think you sleep on Michael Thomas this week just because, I mean, the pure volume of targets this guy has, all he needs is that like one five yard touchdown and add that with his like five or six catches for 50 yards and he's 5,200 still. So uh, love the Shahid call, by the way. I think that's a really high upside tournament play this week. I think Alave, we know Winston's going to take shots. He ha- he might have that restriction. He's still going to take shots. Um, it doesn't mean he's going to listen to it. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, like, is he really going to get benched for Taysom Hill? I, I mean, that's I, – I feel like that's going to be the backup quarterback this week. Taysom Hill is going to be the backup yep. quarterback. So, um, That makes him a really interesting – I know the price at 4,500 is not ideal, but that makes him pretty just, interesting. 
if he was just cheaper, like make yeah. me entice me to play him. Like make make him thirty five hundred here. Like they saw Derek Carr out. Let's let's price Taysom Hill up just in case he gets to play quarterback this week. Um, yeah, I, I will say, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm probably gonna tournament shot or two. I will say that like um, the Tampa defense with Winston at quarterback is always in play. Um, yeah, he's gonna he takes shots. And the New Orleans defense, I mean, both of these defenses, um, like you said, division game, likely going to be lower scoring type of game. Both of these defense have some upside in this spot. All right, we got the Raiders and the Chargers, 48.5 total in this game. Chargers, a a 5.5 point favorite. I thought this was super interesting that this line is even out. Um, I know like football, we typically see books like put out lines and they are going to leave them up, but... Jimmy G, concussion protocol, I just, I don't know. Like, if Jimmy G doesn't play this game and it's Hoyer, like, give me Chargers minus five and a half. Um, so, another uh, morning grind game. Um, just starting out there. Anyway, um, I mean, the assumption here that Jimmy G's out, like Hoyer, 4,900, has Devontae Adams, Jam- Jacoby Myers, Josh Jacobs. Um the Chargers run defense has not been great to start the season. Um, the Chargers pass defense has been awful. I think they're allowing like 360 yards per game through the first four or first three games. Like, what are your thoughts here? Like, I I want to play Devontae Adams. Do I want to play Devontae Adams with Hoyer? I mean, it definitely <laughs> makes me a little bit more queasy. But, I mean, Brian Hoyer, we, we've seen him. I mean, what is he, 15, 16 years in the league now? When he gets the opportunity, like – I just I don't know what to what to even do here. Like the Chargers are going to put up points. That's what I keep telling myself in my head. Chargers are going to put up points in this football game. It has a forty and a half total. Where is the production from the Raiders going to come from? What are your thoughts here? Yeah, I mean, I wish Jimmy G was playing because I would have a ton of interest in this game. We know 5, where the three hundred Jimmy G cut and we know where it's going. Let's it's, go. going to, it's going to Adams and Myers, and if it doesn't go there, it's getting handed off to Josh Jacobs. There are three skill position players that need to be considered, and that's it. Like, it's a super condensed offense. Um, Myers has seen over 10 targets in both of the games he played, and uh, Devontae is coming off a 20-target game. Like, we know where the production is going here. I still have interest, sad to say, even if it's Brian Hoyer, just because of those uh, target shares from both Adams and Myers. Josh Jacobs is really interesting. Like, you've been able to run on the Chargers for years, it's been a really slow start for Josh Jacobs. Obviously, he sat, he held out during training camp. Hopefully, he's back up to speed now because he, I mean, he was one of the most productive backs in fantasy last season. Um, 7,100 is too cheap for this matchup if he is anything close to what he was last year. So I'm interested in Jacobs, I'm interested in Adams, and I'm interested in Myers. I don't know if I, I like, there's no chance I'm playing a Brian Hoyer stack. Um, but on the other side of Herbert, I'm, all kinds of interested in those three guys. I might play some Brian Hoyer stacks. <laughs> I'm just saying he's too cheap. Like, okay. Yeah. I mean, price has defense to be factored is bad. In. Yeah. The, the price has to be factored in a little bit. Um, yeah. Um, we'll see. I really, I really want Jimmy G this game becomes so much more interesting. Um, but with the fact that he didn't practice on Wednesday, that's a really like, he needs to come back Thursday. Um, it's really tough sledding if you don't practice Thursday with concussion. Yep. 
All right, Charger side. Um, Mike Williams, IR, out for the season. Um, a lot of people are already talking about Palmer and Johnston, as they should. Um, Eckler, practice limited Wednesday. If he's not 100%, I could see the Chargers waiting one more week on him, especially with this matchup. Um, we'll see how that kind of plays out. They are one and two. They've had some really close football games to start the season. I love this spot for Herbert. He's just a different quarterback this season. Um, new offensive coordinator does that for you. What are your thoughts here on the Chargers? Love the spot for the Chargers. Um, you've got the value at wide receiver. Keenan Allen has a different role. Like Keenan Allen has been the ben- biggest beneficiary of, of the Kellen Moore, the switch to Kellen Moore at, at offensive coordinator. Um, 20 targets last week. He's getting targeted deeper down the field. Um, just Keenan Allen is one of the top plays on the slate this week. The the Vegas defense is terrible. Um, Mike Williams on IR, unfortunately. So love Keenan Allen. The Austin Eckler, like, please come back, Austin Eckler, so we can stop with this Josh Kelly stuff. I'm I'm so or over. Don't come back and let us just fade the Josh Kelly stuff. Can do we fade him against the the Raiders though? Is he that I bad? Might. I might. Uh, I, I, I the, the thought is there. Um, the thought is, gosh, man, he's just. I don't want to say he's bad, but he has looked terrible. Um, he certainly and, is, and just not doing anything. Just not doing anything. Yeah, he. I mean, that was probably my biggest mistake last week is playing playing him into ownership. Um, thought it was a much better spot and that he was going to be able to have a much better week. Didn't work out. So um, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I I really hope Eckler plays so we don't have to make that decision again. Uh, but if if Eckler is out again, how can you not love the the pass catchers here for for the Chargers? Keenan Allen might see twenty targets again, like no doubt about it. Um, Josh Palmer, I think, is ahead of Quinton Johnston, but like. I think you can play them both. Um, Palmer is 4K. Johnson is is 3,700. Like one of those two dudes is running as as Herbert's number two wide receiver. And we know there's immense upside in, from that position. We just saw Mike Williams going off before he, he unfortunately went down last week. So both of those guys in play. The tight ends are interesting as well. And I, I'll say again, especially if Eckler is out, Everett has seen an, an increase in target share. Um, Parham caught two touchdowns last week. So Everett not getting the work in the red zone is a little frustrating and it makes it tougher to play him. Um, but like the role has been nice. If Eckler is out, I think Everett's in play. Josh points out in chat, um, chargers have a bye week next week. This could be a, easily a spot. Eckler sits one more week and it's like, Hey, you know, we get, you get two more weeks if you sit this week, um, kind of thing. And yeah. if he's good to go, no doubt that he plays right. Um, so here's what I'm going to say on Palmer Johnston. Palmer's the number two. There's no question in my mind that Palmer's the number two. This is going to give Quentin Johnston the opportunity to play more snaps. He's extremely talented. This could easily be one of those situations where he's wide receiver three and ends the game with a big game because he's so talented that he starts to get more looks just because he's out there more. We just got him talking. Does snaps have, you know, correlate with fantasy points? Sure, it does. This could be a spot we see three targets turn into six and we see the talent, right? Um, Extremely talented wide receiver. Love Keenan Allen. He's $2,000 too cheap. (laughs) I mean, he should, he really literally should be with Jefferson and Tyreek. You're exactly right. Yep. Yep. No, like there's no question. Like 
why is a guy that has 30 targets over the last, he had 18 catches last week. He's the first player in the NFL with three career games with 15 plus catches. Like it's just incredible. All right. Moving on. If Eckler plays, I do have an interest in Eckler, by the way. Oh yeah. Um, yep. Just because I, I don't think they play him unless he's a hundred percent. Agree. Uh, New England at Dallas, 43 and a half total here. Dallas, the biggest letdown of the season last week. Um, they're a six and a half point favorite. I'm just going to say it. They, they were the biggest letdown. Like, what are you doing? How do you lose Arizona? And how do they lose Arizona by what they lost? Prescott looked awful. Anyway, New England in town in Dallas this week. Obviously, Dallas is going to try to get back on track. Uh, looking at the New England side of things, um, the thing that I worry about for Mac Jones in this spot is Dallas gets after the quarterback. Um, they're going to bring a lot of pressure on Mac Jones, which worries me. But we saw Philadelphia really get after him in week one, and he actually had like his best game of the season. So what are we doing with the Patriots in this spot? So I think Dallas controls this game. They were embarrassed last week. Um, mm-hmm. The But the Patriots have played a lot faster this week. They were one of the slowest teams in the NFL last year. They've been much faster this season. They've thrown the ball much more this season. So I do have interest here. The pass rush does concern me with down-the-field stuff. Um, so the wide receivers are tough. They're cheap, though. So I, I'm not ruling out guys like Kendrick Bourne, uh, Devontae Parker, I think would be the two I'm looking at. Juju just doesn't have the burst. Maybe he gets there on receptions. He's only 3,900, but I'm I'm looking to Bourne first, I think. Parker was second, but my, like my two favorite runbacks might be Hunter Henry and Ramondre Stevenson. You talked about the Dallas pass rush. Ball's got to come out quick. Um, Hunter Henry's going to run those routes over the middle of the field. Uh, Ramondre's going to be the guy who catches the checkdowns um, if the blitz comes quickly. So I think Ramondre could have five or six catches in this spot. I think Hunter Henry could be highly involved as well. They're both cheap. Um, so I think that's the way the way I'm looking at it. No interest in Mac Jones stack. I'm simply looking for the volume guy in a Dallas dominated script here. Yeah, I'm not I'm not playing Mac Jones either, but I do think they're gonna be trailing. So um gosh, I hate to say it, dude, but I actually I actually have some interest in Devontae Parker this week um at 4K and He's just they they use him a lot in the slot last week in a game that they're trailing. Like I could just see like five or six dump downs. Um getting five or six catches at 4K. Again, you're just you need that touchdown. I mean, we we talk about it all the time. When you're playing these like three or four K wide receivers, you're really just trying to get that like touchdown. Um, I think the New England defense with Stevenson is the potential contrarian play here. Um, if Dak is really that bad, but I really think that Stevenson's in play. Uh, regardless Pollard Dallas defense, I think is in play going to the other side of this game. Um, I don't know if I want to touch Dak at all. Um, if I'm playing anybody in the passing game, it's CD lamb. They have to go back to getting him involved. I, I liked him a lot last week. He was one of the guys that I got wrong last week and they got down in that game. I'm over here cheering, man. I'm like, let's go. <laughs> CD lamb's about to have a monster game. And just, no, um, got shut down. Love this spot for CD Lamb to get back on track. I think he sees 10-plus targets this week. Um, I don't think, like, I want to target Cooks too much, but he's always that home run hitter um, where he just needs one play. And I, I didn't mention it, but I, I do love your Hunter Henry call um, here on the other side. But what are your thoughts on the Dallas side? 
Yeah, I mean, Tony Pollard's role has been incredible. Um, 23 rushing attempts, three targets, caught all three of them. The week before that, 25 and eight targets. Like, the dude has a massive, massive role in this offense. He's still too cheap for that type of role. I love the spot for Tony Pollard. I'm I'm not sure how much I'm going to get up there this week. There's a ton of cheap running backs in play. Love your CD Lamb call as well. Like, we've seen his upside just two weeks ago when he had 13 targets. Um, so he can certainly do that type of thing any week. I think Dallas dominates this game. I doesn't mean that I necessarily want to play Dak stacks just because like cooks and, and Gallup, I'm, I'm not that into. Um, I think if I was going to run out of Dak stack, I would go lamb and Ferguson, the tight end. Actually, he's had a pretty nice role here. Um, seven targets again last week, 11 through the first two weeks. So he's definitely involved. He's still only 3,500. Um, I trust him more than Cooks or Gallup, I think, but Pollard is my favorite play from the game. Pair him with the Dallas defense, like you said. I like the Ferguson goal, too. I think both tight ends in this game are viable. Like, the thing is, right, like, I don't know how many people are going to play Kittle, um, but, like, if you're you're trailing, I feel like, after the 1 o'clock games and you have Hunter Henry, pivot to Ferguson. Take a shot. I mean, like, if you need to catch up, if you need to play catch up, it's not something that we talk about a ton, it's something I love to do is like go through my lineups about three o'clock and be like, all right, this team, I need to play catch up if it has a chance. Right. So, um, yeah, just if you, if you feel like you're on a chalky build, you can pay pivot off of Ferguson. So, um, I like the, I like the Ferguson call a lot, but CD for sure. I do, I do like Pollard a lot. Um, don't want to get lost in that. It's just price. Um, price more than anything else yeah i mean he should be closer to cmc in price like he has he has virtually the same role as mccaffrey yep all right arizona at san francisco speaking of christian mccaffrey 44 and a half total in this game san francisco a 14 point favorite here we'll go arizona first um i mean this should be a game san francisco controls waiting to see the news on debo um and Ayuk, they're both banged up right now Debo dealing with a rib injury I think it's a shoulder uh injury for Ayuk. um missed week three Ayuk did so um legit injury there so p- paying attention to that let's go Arizona um good old Joshua Dobbs two weeks in a row now has looked pretty decent I don't know if I necessarily want to play him but I think like now we're at the point where we might have a, might be able to take shots on Marquise Brown. Um, yeah, I mean he's it, at five k. Yeah. No, go ahead. I, I listen. I just open it up. I let you talk, and then I hammer everything. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, <laughs> but like, like you you pause for a second there, so I didn't know if you threw that to me, and then you started talking right when I did. So no, my bad there. Didn't okay. mean to cut you off. No, uh, uh, I just was gonna say I, I feel like. The, the guy that I don't want to play that just continues to do his thing is James Conner. Um, and I, I hate it. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> it doesn't matter the game script. James Conner like, gets there. Um, I, he's the high-volume guy. I think he can take some tournament shots on Marquise Brown. Um, I can't tell you how much I tilted Zach Ertz last week because I did a ton. Uh, it sucked. What are your thoughts here on Arizona? Yeah, I don't know what to do with this offense. Like, I, I like your Marquise Brown call the best. Really like what we've seen out of his role. Um, been very involved. Seven targets last week, 10 the, the week before. Clear wide receiver one at just 5,000. So I, I do really like the Marquise Brown call. He's my favorite play from this game. 
over the dusty Zach Ertz and the dusty Zane, uh, James Conner. I'm glad Ertz is not earning eight targets a game anymore because like he is an uncomfortable play. Um, <laughs> not that he like he very easily could end up with eight targets again in this in this spot against San Francisco, but just not a guy I like to play. I don't think there's a ton of upside unless he finds the up the end zone multiple times. He very nearly found it last week. Um, came up a yard short, but get, kind of got game script. They just didn't need to throw that much because they were controlling the game. So didn't see the amount of targets. Um, probably leave him on the shelf here against a really good San Francisco defense. James Conner, again, just a really tough matchup against San Francisco. I think I think I'm out on him as well. So uh, give me give me um, Marquise Brown as as my main run back here if I'm stacking this game. I just think like the game script is going to be good for Arizona. Um, yeah. They're going to have to throw the ball a lot in the second half of this game. Brown at 5K, um, Moore at 3,300, Ertz at 3,200. Like the game script should be good. The defense is tough. Um, this is a tough defense. So I, I just, I don't trust Dobbs, but I, I think he's competent enough um, to get these guys targets. And I mean, Arizona has performed way better than anybody thought. Like, you think back, like, really, like, they should have beat Washington. They should have beat the Giants, and they beat Dallas. Um, yeah. So, I mean. Like, they're not – you're absolutely right. They're not very far from being 3-0 and right now. Yeah. I mean, they should, why, They were up on Washington, choked that yeah. game away. They were crushing the Giants, choked that game away. So, um, the problem with the Giants game is it just let up, and the Giants came back and won the game. So, uh, good to see they didn't let up against Dallas. They kept it on. Um, so – and they won the game. Let's go to the San Francisco side of this game. I mean, this is an Arizona team that has really struggled with the run. If you want 20 points, Christian McCaffrey um, is your guy. Um, my thing is, like, Christian McCaffrey is in this price range now where you're paying the same for him as, like, Jefferson and Hill. And as much as I love CMC, I really think both of those guys have more ceiling on a on a slate by slate basis. Christian McCaffrey has like the upside to be the highest scoring running back every single week. Like he should finish the season as RB one if he plays every game. I just, I mean, yeah, I love the spot. I like Ayuk. I like Debo. Um, I like Brock Purdy at fifty nine hundred against Arizona. Like, I mean, this is a spot I want to play. The 49ers. Um, I also think this is a spot the 49ers defense is going to be kind of chalky, and I might be underweight on them, especially when you're like factoring a defense at 4,700. Yeah, McCaffrey's the, the main target here. Um, I think for him to hit a true ceiling, you need Arizona to keep this game a little bit close. So the Arizona runbacks will be important here, in my opinion. Um, he's up to 9,200 now, so he needs to do more than 20, 25, really. You're, you're looking for 30 points at that price range just like I you know Tyreek and Jefferson are good for 30 um when whenever they're having great games so that's kind of the point that we're at with McCaffrey I like him better I think in in a back and forth type of game where he's catching more passes than they would like him to and he's out there a little bit more than they've they would like him to be if they get up two touchdowns in the in the second half here McCaffrey's probably starts losing some touches to Eli Mitchell they started to do that a little bit last week um like I know McCaffrey, McCaffrey's role has been incredible, but I don't think they want to push him all that hard. They can probably win this game pretty easily unless Arizona is is absolutely for real, and maybe they are. Um, but I, I think that's why I would definitely be using a, an Arizona piece on the other side of McCaffrey. Purdy is still cheap enough where I think 
double stacks are in play. Watching Ayuk's status, um, definitely, because I think him missing is is a huge deal, or either one of them missing is a huge deal. Um, if if only one of them plays, play that guy. That also brings George Kittle very much into play for me. Um, like Kittle is a, is an outstanding tight end play. If one of of um, Ayuk or Debo misses this week, we've seen him have m- massive games in the past when when one of those guys are out. So love Kittle. If one of those guys misses, if all three of them play, it gets a little bit tougher. I think Ayuk, unless we get reports that he's limited or something, would be my my first look here. Just he's cheaper. Um, then Debo, we saw him with a monster game in week one, I believe that was. Um, yeah, week one, he, he went off for two touchdowns, um, saving a little bit of money down from Debo. I think Ayuk would be my preferred if they both play. Yeah, um, so, you know, I, I hate these stats, but um, a few weeks ago, I can't remember who it was. I would give them credit if I, if I could remember, but it was week two against the Rams and they were talking about how much the Rams play like um, zone defense and how Debo in the past has just shredded zone defenses. I mean, Arizona runs a lot of zone defense. I think they're over 60% um, on the season. So could be a really big game for Debo if he's good to go. I expect him to be good to go. Um, so, I mean, he did tough it out through Thursday's game. They had an extra couple days. I expect him to be good to go. Um like you said, though, don't forget about Kittle. Um, if if either one of these guys are out, Kittle, nine targets last week um, with Ayuk out. All right. So one more thing. San Francisco actually has the highest team total of the entire slate. Like Miami-Buffalo has a higher game total, yeah. but San Francisco has the highest implied team total. Oh, and I, so. I just wanted to – one other point I wanted to make is, like, we love pairing running backs with defense. This is not the spot. Like, you don't – like for CMC to pay off this price and have a ceiling, you don't want the San Francisco 49ers defense to do their thing. Um, uh, cause like 20 and 15 is probably not enough at their prices. And I mean, that's kind of what, not what you want to see. Yeah. All right. Morning grind game. Let's uh, have some fun here. We did really well last week, Keith. I was looking at it um, before we got rolling. We actually, both of us um, had a good week. Uh, for the morning grind game last week. So there you go. Give me a quarterback for 300 plus passing yards. Kirk Cousins, again, um, Minnesota is throwing the ball so much. They Their defense stinks, so they need to keep up. Um, I think Carolina can keep it pretty close. Like I said, I felt better about this game when I, was gonna, when I thought it was going to be Dalton. Looks like Bryce Young is going to play. Maybe Minnesota gets out to too big of a lead here, but I, I think they can keep up enough where Cousins has to keep chucking it. I'm going to go to my boy Matthew Stafford to throw 300-plus yards this week. Low-owned running back for a touchdown. Again, it's Wednesday. Projections are going to change. Projected ownership is going to change. Who do you got for a touchdown this week? Give me James Cook in the best game environment of the week. Yep, like that a lot. Um, I'm going to go Zach Moss. I am really interested to see how much his ownership changes throughout the week. Um, Currently projected for 7.5%. Love this spot for him this week. Quarterback, wide receiver, stack for a touchdown. Who do you got this week? Uh, Jalen Waddle, assuming he makes it back. I love him back on the field here. Give me Tua to Jalen Waddle. Love that call. I think as much as I love Hill, um, I think Waddle just has so much upside as well. Both those guys are just absolutely phenomenal. I'm going to go 
man, I have two that I really like this week. I'm trying to just, I, I'll go I'm looking at ownership. Hold on one second. I want to see which quarterback is lower owned. All right. He is. Give me Wilson to Sutton for a touchdown. Love it. Wide receiver, eight plus targets. Who's getting some targets this week? Puka fell back to earth a little bit last week, only seven. He's going way over that again this week. Um, we've seen Stafford just lock onto him and rack it up into the 15 territory. He's doing that again this week. Only. <laughs> only seven. <laughs> uh, give me Adam Thielen. I, I think Young being back is not really going to change too much for a guy that his dots like under 10. So give me a tight end for a touchdown. I went with this guy last week and he didn't get it done for him, but I'm going right back to him. Hunter Henry against Dallas in a trailing game script. New England's been throwing the ball a ton. I think they're going to have to do it again here against Dallas. If the Bears don't do it this week, I'm done. (laughs) Give me Cole Komet for a touchdown this week. Um, I said this week twice, sorry. Defense for 10 or more points. I like the Cleveland Browns this week. Um, their defense has looked amazing, but Baltimore is so banged up on offense. I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball from the running back position at all anyway. Um, and their wide receivers are banged up in OBJ and Bateman as well. So Lamar Jackson might be throwing a ton, and we know he can give the ball away when he's doing that. So Cleveland uh, as my top defense of the week. I like that. I'm going to go way off the board today and say Bucks. Jameis is always good for one or two picks. Um, all you need is one of those to turn into a pick six. Tampa has no problem shutting down the run. And if Jameis is going to have to throw a lot, give me the Tampa defense. Um, I like I like them this week a lot. All right, going to the betting portion of the game. Um, money line against the spread. What's standing out to you this week? I'll take that Cleveland money line. I kind of just talked about it. The Ravens are super banged up right now. I think they're a fantastic team when they're healthy, but they, they're just not healthy. There's so many injuries on that Baltimore side. So I have two. Um, I always write down two of these first two questions just in case you take one of them. Um, but give me – okay, this is not a homer pick. Give me Miami plus three. I think getting the Miami offense at plus money right now is just ridiculous. I, I get that this game's in Buffalo – I get how good Buffalo is getting Miami at plus three uh, just sounds crazy to me right now. Like have, have has the bookmakers have the odds makers like watch the dolphins play this year. Like <laughs> their speed is incredible. They look the other so one, good. the other one that I really like this week um, to jump on now, I want to jump on this one now is chargers minus five and a half. If Jimmy G gets ruled out, I highly doubt this line stays at five and a half. So I want to jump on this one early. I think the Chargers still have a good chance to win by a touchdown, even with Jimmy G, but I want to jump on this one early. Uh, Over-under bet. What do you got this week for an over-under bet? So I've absolutely nailed the over on the the game that just went way over the total in the first two. So trying to keep the streak alive here. I had the over in Denver, Miami last week. I forgot who who I had in the first week, but whichever game went nuts. Um, Detroit, Seattle was, was the game week one. So been on these overs. Hopefully we can keep that up. I had two here that I was considering. I know you're on the other ones. I'll leave it for you, and I'll go Minnesota, Carolina, over 45. I I wish Dalton was playing. I think Carolina would have a better chance to keep up and really push Minnesota. But Minnesota is a team that can get into these shootouts. Great elite offense and a terrible defense. Prime prime spot for a shootout. I'm just telling everybody right now, don't be Keith Eister and and sleep on Bryce Young. Listen to Stevie and don't sleep <laughs> on Bryce Young this week. I that like 
I am legitly thinking about playing Bryce Young in my main lineup. I'm crazy, and I play crazy quarterbacks in my main lineup every week, but I really am considering it. Um, love the over in that game. I hope it does hit. Denver, Chicago. I know this is the game you thought I was thinking of. Um, love the over in this game at 46. I We talked about it when we were talking about this game in general. Absolutely think this game is going to be high scoring. Both of these defenses stink. Both of the offenses stink too, but I think the offense is going to outweigh the defensive here. Um, like the Rams, uh, Colts over 46 and a that's half. That's actually, well. if I'm being honest, that's where I yeah. thought you were going. Is Rams I had Colts both of them over. written down. <laughs> I write down too. Um, I like the over. I'm sick of doing these unders. I've done unders. I'm getting uh, like I'm sick of doing Welcome unders. I got my side. I got my under last week. Um, who was it? It was Cleveland under 39 and a half. They won what like 30 to three or something. So, yeah. uh, player prop. We we as fantasy players love these player props. What do you got for me this week? Yeah, uh, nailed this one last week. He's just too good. He has too good of a role and a fantastic matchup again here. Um, Tony Pollard over 69 and a half rushing yards. Too good of a role. Went went for 122 last week. Um, just he's he's the guy there. He has the Christian McCaffrey role in Dallas. 69 and a half is not high enough for him. Mine, I feel like, is a little risky, but I love the matchup. Love the spot. Give me Damian Pierce over 47 and a half rushing yards this week. He has yet to get over 40 yards. He's had really tough matchups the first three weeks. He's getting the carries. If he gets 15 carries against the Pittsburgh run defense, I have a hard time not seeing him get over 46 and a half or 47 and a half. So I uh, really like Damian Pierce over 47 and a half rushing yards. Uh, pick them play, pick them, pick, pick them play projection play here. Um, who do you got for more or less this week? Got to be on some Lamar Jackson rushing with as banged up as this Baltimore backfield is. He is sitting at 49 and a half on prize picks. Give me more than 49 and a half rushing yards for Lamar Jackson. I'm going to go over to prize picks as well. So you can make a, I'm going to do it right now. You can make a morning grind two pick play power play over there with our two plays here. I'm going to go Sutton, Horton Sutton, more than 55 and a half receiving yards. So I'm pulling up prize picks right now. Going to take the more on, there it is, Lamar and get the Sutton and go ahead and power pick that. So there you go. Morning grind, power pick them, play for prize picks this week. Keith, week four podcast in the books any final thoughts before we get out of here this is a fun slate man there's a, a lot of games i really like a ton of awesome plays on this slate so we'll see how the injury news shakes out but right now as it sits looking like a pretty awesome slate it does um i mean my first like uh, it's first look right like our first breakdown of the slate and this always sets me up for the week because we break down every single spot my wide receiver pool is large. I'm going to have a tough time narrowing down my wide receivers this week. I've already noticed that. So running backs and quarterbacks, I feel really good. Tight ends, I feel really good about narrowing them down. But wide receivers, I think there's a ton of wide receiver plays this week. That's going to wrap us up here for week four. If you're hanging out in YouTube chat, and MLB, Major League Baseball podcast at 10 p.m. Eastern. Me and Chief Justice will break down. I think it's a six-game baseball slate for tomorrow. Hope everyone has a fantastic week four. Back next week for week five. Have a good one. We'll see you then.